Welcome to Interviews with Innocence, a podcast about spirituality, consciousness, and exploring the wisdom our children bring into this world. I believe that our very young children are our greatest teachers. After all, they're the masters of living in the present moment, bubbling in unconditional love, enjoying the messiness of life, and curious about the universe in all its dimensions. The pure essence that young children exhibit lives within all of us. My hope is that these interviews will help us discover, embrace, and connect with the sacred core of childhood that resides within each of our hearts. I am your host, Marla Hughes. Today, I am super excited to have Lisa Jones on the program. Lisa and I have been trying to get together for for quite a while now. So whenever that happens, I know that there's a reason for that. And today is the day. And Lisa just got back from Egypt. So after um, her first, you know, introductory questions. I can't wait to hear your experiences there. So Lisa is the author of The Art of Living Happy After the Loss of a Loved One, inspirational speaker, intuitive guide, and consultant for top-level performers in global business, high-profile celebrities, and individuals alike. Her life-changing meditations, podcasts, and stage shows reach and teach the powerful potential of spirit abundance and the key to true inner happiness. What a beautiful bio. Welcome to the program, Lisa. Thank you, Marla. I'm so thrilled to be here. And like you said, I know there's always a good reason when we keep, um, you know, <laughs> missing yeah. opportunities to get together because there's more to come. So I think. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> so let's just, um, let's just begin. I know this was a long time ago and this is, you know, the, the millionaire medium story is how you really, you know, started down this path, you were already on the path, but it's what really, you know, caused you to open up to your, your beautiful, I don't know if I'll call them gifts, I'll just call them the beautiful things that you're doing now. So tell us about your journey and the millionaire medium story. Okay, well, um, it happened in February 22nd, 2004. My first husband had been battling cancer for seven years. And um, the night that, um, he actually passed away was an absolutely life-changing day for me, not only in the, his passing, but that night I accompanied him. It's called a shared death experience where I left my, my spirit left my body and went, actually, I was guided with two angels that took me into, I'll call it heaven, because that's what I grew up knowing. And from my understanding, is that generally we're shown places that make sense to us that, that give us comfort because it wouldn't make sense to take me to a Buddhist temple. Cause I didn't, I wasn't familiar with that. So they took me to a place um, that I was familiar with. And it, and to me, it was the most beautiful place I've ever experienced uh, in this lifetime. And it was a giant castle kind of structure. It had giant um, stones. And in fact, oh my God, I'm having a flashback from Egypt right now, because when I was in Egypt, I walked into one particular place and she, the Egyptologist pointed up and said, well, this is where the doors swing open. And you can see, you know, based on the hole where the, um, you know, the, the timber kept these doors movable. And I had an immediate visceral reaction of remembering that's what it looked like when I was in heaven. And it just, wow. Blew me. I just, I mean, tears just started coming down my face because it's, 
Egypt. And again, I know we're going to circle back to Egypt, but I'm telling you that it's so not of this world. It's of another world. And, and that was confirmation to me that what I saw was so much like the pyramids and like the structures that I saw in this heavenly realm that I was taken to. It's interesting that you were, you did see that during your shared death experience, but in 2004, you had not, did you know not much about Egypt? And- I had no knowledge of Egypt. I had no desire to go to Egypt. I never even wanted to go to Egypt until about just six weeks ago when I was offered the opportunity to go. And, um, and again, I'll, I'll talk, talk a little bit more about it, but, um, basically I was in a guided meditation and the goddess Isis showed up who I now, I didn't know anything about Isis, but she is the goddess of the heart chakra. And that's what I do. I do love, I do, you know, I'm all about the heart chakra. And so all of a sudden she showed up and said, I am with you. And I'm like, okay. And then two days later, I was offered the opportunity to go to Egypt and I, it was an immediate yes. And again, I had never even wanted to go to Egypt before. So it's just, it's amazing how things are just continuing to unfold. Right. But, um, well, so, so, going, so circling back, yeah, yes, let's just talk about back. this briefly. And then, yeah, yeah so, um, so I was in, you know, this heavenly realm and I was kind of in a, in a balcony looking down on this uh, area where all of these souls were coming together. And there was an announcement going, the grand Mr. Ian Sharp is about to arrive. And that was my husband's name. And the energy and excitement was so palpable in that space. And the colors were beyond anything. I've got, I've got shivers as I'm talking about it right now, because I'm remembering how beautiful. It was, it was so clean and the colors were beyond anything that we have here. There were banners, there were angels singing. And all of a sudden this giant door, just like the one I saw in Egypt started to open and all the souls turned at the same time. And they said, he's here, he's here. And just as he was walking in, all of a sudden there was a knock on the door. I was actually laying in my daughter's bedroom and uh, his brother had been sitting with him and he said, oh my God, Lisa, wake up, wake up. Ian just took his last breath. And at that moment, I didn't actually see Ian walking into heaven. It was like, I saw his foot or something stepping through the threshold and then a trap door opened and I fell. And I remember falling into my body, my physical body. And I jumped out of bed and I was elated with joy and love and excitement. And yet my brain was like, no, you can't feel that. What are you talking? You know, your husband just died. You need to be, you need to be. So I was in this complete state of confusion of how I was supposed to be feeling. I ran down to our bedroom and I saw his body laying there. And I mean, I could tell that it was just a shell that his spirit was not there. And I just almost had no reaction because again, all I, my, my thoughts were in that feeling of seeing where he just was. And I was so excited. And so later that morning I had to go tell my children, they'd spent the night elsewhere that night. And, um, and so I was gathering myself and I was blow drying my hair and thinking, you know, how am I going to say this to them? Because although he had been battling cancer for seven years, hospice had been there that day before and said, you know, it's going to be two weeks to a month before he passes. Cause he's not looking like, you know, he doesn't have any of the signs or symptoms of going. So I think he chose to go at that moment because the kids were out of the house. His brother was there. It was the first time I wasn't alone with him. And um, so as I was blow drying my hair, all of a sudden Ian's voice was right at my ear and he said, oh my God, Lisa, I love you, but it is so awesome here. And I like, 
I dropped my blow dryer. I just, I mean, it was so real and so palpable. And so that's the millionaire medium was the mediumship started at that moment. He started talking to me. It opened a new um, opportunity for me to be in alignment with that spirit world and start hearing spirit messages. And then the millionaire part, I didn't know. Um, he, we had gotten him a life insurance policy when he became a, an executive at General Electric, but General Electric had also taken out a life insurance policy on him, which again, I was unaware of. So I became a millionaire um, the night that he died as well. And both of those terms, millionaire and medium, were something that I didn't want to deal with. It was overwhelming. I felt not comfortable about either one of them. I was a certified public accountant. I, yes. I mean, I was very religious. I was very like, what is this? This is crazy. I don't want to tell anybody. And then several years later, my guides came and said, you need to own who you are and step up and own it. So they were like, go get millionairemedium.com and start working from there. And I'm like, oh my God, it took me it was available, but it took me three years before I actually got a website up and going. And um, since then, I've stepped back from that term or, or that, you know, title um, only because I'm just doing other things now. But um, but yeah, that's how that got that name. <laughs> and I can tell from your story and your voice that so many of the near death experiences and the shared death experiencers that I interview, they speak of how it's just more real than real and is that the way it was since you even ran down and saw him but you were still feeling this these feelings of exhilaration absolutely yeah and that's what was so confusing to my brain is that I'm like wait why am I so excited and feel so happy that I saw what just, I couldn't even articulate what I had seen. I mean, I didn't even say anything to his brother because it was, I was processing. Oh, how could you? It was really until I came to Maui, which was um, in 2017. So that was, you know, many, many years later, um, 13, 14 years later, where I really started to understand what even happened to me. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was, yeah, it's, have you heard of a near death or shared death experience? No, I, and, and again, it was years before I even read a book about near death experiences. And when I read it, I almost fell off the couch because I was like, oh my God, this is what I experienced. Like, it was just, I mean, I just had no idea. I thought it was just something weird that had happened to me. And since then, I mean, I had my own podcast for two and a half years interviewing near death experiencers and, share death experiencers and, and just learning about this because I finally found my tribe of people that I, you know, can relate to and who relate to my story. Yeah, that's so true. I feel, I feel exactly the same way. So, so certified public accountant, and then, then this happens to you. So how did it not only change the direction of your life, but also how did, would you have to go into like, deep meditation or how did it all begin in terms of opening up more and getting downloads and and doing all the beautiful work you're doing today well it started with and it was actually before my husband passed i had been um taken for an angel reading in a small little um it's called touch of sedona in ridgefield connecticut and and i again i was like i don't know about this i think this is a little strange but i went in and 
the woman just started reading the angels and saying, you know, everything's going to be okay. I can see that you're going through a really difficult time right now. And this is why my husband was sick. And something happened in that reading where I'm like, oh my gosh, I need to understand more about this. So I bought a book called Angel Speak um, by Trudy Griswold and Barbara um, Marks. And I started reading that and really um, journaling with the angels. And, and there was a real connection that I had that they helped me while my husband was dying and sick. And again, I didn't tell anybody about this because right. I thought it was just a little bizarre. Um, and the other part of it was, so I was really keeping this in a quiet place within myself, even after my husband died. I mean, I wasn't talking about what I experienced with anybody, but I went back and started working at a hedge fund and and I was 37 when my husband died, he was 44. And so as I was approaching my 44th birthday, I remembered that a week before my husband died, he said, oh my God, I so regret my career choice of being an attorney. I wished I had helped more people. And that really makes me sad. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm approaching my 44th birthday and I'm working at a hedge fund and I'm not helping more people. And he said, all I was doing, you know, when he was an attorney, he said, all I did was move numbers around on pieces of paper, you know, and that just wasn't helping people. And that's what I was like, oh my gosh, all I'm doing is moving numbers around on pieces of paper. So I, my guides were saying, you need to quit and start doing your work. And I'm like, so I finally quit the hedge fund. And right after that, I was asked um, to do, um, I mean, again, all these serendipity kind of things just happened. And I was asked if I wanted to do a stage show at this little theater. And um, so I said, sure. And 150 people showed up. And a stage show as a medium for my listeners. Medium, <laughs> medium. And I didn't know what I was doing, but I'm like, okay, here we go. And it was incredible. And then the next wow. year, 500 people showed up. And, and then I was asked to be the Monday morning medium on star 99.9, which had like over a million listeners. That's, you know, the drive time is right outside New York city. And then I, and then I was asked to do a television show and I was working on that. Um, and then unfortunately that was 10 years after my husband died and my mom, um, suddenly had a stroke and died. And I just, uh, that just brought me to my knees. And that's when I really stepped back from doing this work. So, um, even so anyway, that now. was um, 2014. And then I moved to Hawaii in 2017. And, and I'm just now starting to feel like, you know, I could start maybe doing some more mediumship work, but I haven't been doing a lot of it recently. It's, it's interesting, even though we know, I'm not going to say believe, but we know, you know, what we know still, we just as human beings, you just can't get past the grief no matter Oh Absolutely. God. And it, and that's what was so frustrating to me. It's like, if I'm suffering this much from the loss of my mom, how can I even help other people if I can't kind of help myself? Right. So that's why I chose to, um, you know, step back and, and just. So what is the answer to that question now? You know, how can I help other people now that you've, you've, you know, you're coming back stronger and yeah, know, here you are. Well, I think that's part of it is just allowing ourselves to take the time to heal and not pressure ourselves to try to do things that don't feel comfortable because you really need to believe in yourself before you can, you know, help other people. And um, so I think I've been helping other people in other ways, just not in direct mediumship. And um, I definitely I've become this sacred secret holder. I, I, I mean, I have literal strangers just come up to me and start sharing their stories. And, and I'm just one of those people that 
hold people's secrets and and people feel comfortable sharing that kind of information. And um, so I, you know, I've just been doing my own thing quietly in quiet ways. Right. I love that sacred secret holder. Ah, oh, that's <laughs> beautiful. That's probably going to be the title of this, this interview. I and love it. Of course, you wrote your your book, Art of Thanks. Living Happy After the Loss of a Loved One. Tell us a little bit about a little bit. How, how did that happen? Well, I knew I wanted to write a book about the experience of my husband passing. And I actually started right after. And, um, and then I met my second husband and I was loving life so much that I just was like, I don't want to deal with writing about this. It's (laughs) so sad. And so I stepped away for three or four years. And then all of a sudden I just knew I wanted to finish it. And um, so in 2012, I got back with my book coach and, and wrote it. And it's really, and she said, well, you know what? You so much has happened since he died in 2004. It's now 2012. And you've had the spiritual awakening and you've done these stage shows. And, you know, she's like, that's more interesting. Let's talk about that. So I'm like, okay. So, um, so then it went really fast, you know, I mean, it probably took me six or eight months to write the story. And then I had it edited and, um, and published. And it's really my memoir of how I had my awakening. And, and um, so it's, yeah, it's a, it's a, I think it's a sweet book. And again, I, I don't cl- claim to be a writer, but um, we figured out a way that I could write about different streams in my life. Like I was an actress. So I, I wrote from the time I was in fourth grade, the first time I did some acting and up till I went, I was in a movie that went to the Cannes Film Festival, which was super exciting. And so then I, and then the editor wove all the stories together and I thought it turned nice. out great. It's very yeah. professionally done. And, um, and oh, wonderful. Well, I, I have not read it, but, but I definitely, definitely will get that. <laughs> so Lisa, what do you, before we, we jump into Egypt, what do you do for yourself, for your self-nourishing? Mm. Well, I would say, um, Other than I, living in Maui, of yeah, living in Maui, moving to Maui was definitely one of the, um, one of my dreams that I've had since I came here when I was 14. And I just knew, I said, I don't know who lives here, but I'm going to live here at some point. And so that was always the, the dream and goal. And, um, and when I met my second husband, I was actually in the process of planning to move here with my children. And so, he suggested we wait till they graduate high school and and move then unfortunately when the time came he decided he didn't want to move here and i just said well i have to do this for my soul it's been my soul's calling so um so now that i'm here i mean really i mean i have kind of a routine in the morning you know of meditation every morning i do yoga at the beach every morning I've just recently started walking in the morning, which I'm really enjoying. I've, since I got home from Egypt, I've been waking up so early that I'm, right. I'm just wanting to go and move my body. So walking at, at sunrise has just been spectacular. That's been a whole new addition and I'm really enjoying that. And, um, and then gratitude. I mean, gratitude, writing in my journal daily. And that seems to be, um, it's just imperative, you know, to right. keep keep me on that path of prosperity and happiness. Mm. So let's talk about Egypt. Tell us a little bit about, well, you told us why you went and what happened there and how you continually open up and tell tell us a little bit about that. Yes. Well, I do believe, I mean, um, as I mentioned, ISIS came to me in that guided meditation and 
I, like I said, I didn't really know much about her. I'm still learning about her now. And in fact, um, just about a week ago after I got home and I was doing these early morning walks, I was guided to look on my Hay House app and just search for ISIS. And there was a book called You Are the Goddess. And there was a whole chapter on ISIS. So I just plugged it into my phone and started walking, listening. And she said, welcome to the ISIS temple, which is where I just was in Egypt. And she's like, I am gifting you a golden ankh, which is this um, ring that I was when I was in Egypt, I saw this ring in the jewelry store and it's a gold ankh. It's an 18 karat gold um, ankh. And I just, as soon as I saw it, I'm like, I must have that. And so she was saying in this audio, I am gifting you this golden ankh and it's, you know, to help open the key to your heart. and, And I'm like, oh my gosh, it's still unfolding even after I've gotten home. So I think it's just been so fun because I'm all about the mystery and, and um, you know, opening to the, these realms and it's visceral right now. When I was in Egypt, there were three different spots where I was just wandering along. And then all of a sudden I just had an overwhelming past life remembrance that just blew me away. I would just all of a sudden was in tears remembering um, for example, King Tut, I was I was at the museum and I just walked in front of his golden um, bust that's there. And I just immediately started crying. And I could remember that he and I were, you know, lovers and that we had a deep heart connection and that he had passed away at a very young age at 19. And I was just crushed and sad. And and I could just remember um, the, te- the textures, the feelings, the smells, the I mean, again, I've got chills as I'm remembering mm-hmm. just thinking about it. Um, and there was another one we were sailing on the Nile River and I looked over to kind of a, a area and I just remembered myself as a nine-year-old girl running alongside the Nile River and watching all the, the men on these ships and wishing I could go with them. But knowing that I was a girl, my dad was a baker. My mother had died when I was born. I mean, it just everything unfolded so viscerally and so just with such depth and connection it was amazing so so do you just kind of stop in your tracks and sit down and meditate or how does that work I just stopped in my tracks and just really closed my eyes and just it's almost like it was a movie that just started playing in my mind and 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 the energy of the the um the feelings and the emotions were so raw and so real that it it took my breath away. I mean, I, I just had no idea that was going to happen. And then the third one was we'd gone to the um, the Great Pyramids and uh, all of a sudden I walked in and I just started crying. It's like remembering I was a, um, a priest in the pyramids and um, just it was coming home and it just a feeling of of being home and being so excited. So yeah. So Lisa, were you, um, how were you raised as a little girl? Were you, what, did you have a religious family? I did. I was um, raised Lutheran and um, I mean, they, we weren't super devout, but I was very, um, I don't know what the word is. I was very taken with, I was hook, line and sinker with everything the church said. And, right. and in fact, what had happened when I was six years old, um, I was at a YMCA camp and, uh, one of the counselors was like bouncing a ball off my head, like one of those rubber balls. And I was like, stop, stop. And he kept, it was, I mean, now in retrospect, he was probably a 14 year old, you know, kid that just 
was being a pain. And here I was a little six-year-old girl. And so I ran into the YMCA, jumped into a locker because I thought he was going to come into the ladies room to get me. And, um, and I felt safe for a minute until I realized there was nobody else in the locker room. They were closing for the day and I was now locked in this locker. So I'm in there and I'm crying hysterically. I'm screaming. I kicked my right leg out and I ended up having bruises from the ankle, both on the inside and outside of my leg up to my thigh, because it was sliding in between the door frame and the, you know, the, uh, the locker, um, whatever it was, but anyway. Um, and then finally, I remembered that, that my Sunday school teacher said, if you're ever in trouble, God is always with you. So just pray, put your hands together and pray. So I took a deep breath and I just said, dear God, please help me. And all of a sudden I looked and there was a little something I reached out and touched and the door popped open. And if you can imagine as a little six-year-old girl to have that experience, um, it just, catalyzed my connection, my direct connection with God. And I started reading the Bible. I mean, as a six-year-old, every night I would open the Bible and just look at a scripture and, you know, figure out how it applied to me in that moment. And I mean, that's pretty wild to me. Yes. Yes. (laughs) What would you suggest as a mom with young, for a mom with young children to help them open up that conversation if a loved one or a beloved pet passed? Yeah, great question. I would suggest, um, you know, helping them. I mean, a lot of like, um, I want to say color therapy, you know, like, Mm. like drawing and, and allowing children to express their feelings through art in whatever that might be, whether it's painting or drawing or, um, you know, or, or, recording messages, you know, so that they can express what they're feeling. I I did take my children for some counseling after, and that seemed to be a helpful opportunity for them to be able to express their feelings through art. And, um, and, and, and it is hard. I mean, and I think the interesting thing, however, I will say is that I do think adults have almost less capacity than children do because children are closer to, you know, their arrival from the other side. And so it's really, they're taking their cues from us. And so I think a large part of it is really making sure that we're supported and that we're healthy in, in dealing with our grief and, and getting the counseling or the support or, you know, the meditation or the connection um, so that we're not putting it on our children. I really feel that children, instead of the way I was raised, similar to you, but no, no abuse like that, instead being raised, just knowing that life is eternal and about signs and synchronicities and that the golden rule and some say, you know, that's that's totally different from what we're talking about, but it's not because as we know from so many near-death experiencers and people like you, that how you treat others and the golden rule is really a threat of the universe. It's not a morality a morality thing. And how do you feel like humanity would change if from the moment a child is born, first of all, we validate and, and are curious with them because they know more than we do, but to also just live in that world that the circle of life, the dragonflies, the synchronicities, the kindness, the empathy, that 
could you could you just talk about thoughts on that? Well, I love that because I think that's one of the things that again our society has kind of you know knocked out of us. Like we're not allowed to you know like when children are speaking to an imaginary friend. I mean, who's to say there's there's not somebody there? I think there is right. somebody there. I mean, yeah. I remember even as me as a child, I used to see um, cowboys and Indians outside my window at night because we lived in the mountains of Colorado. And I'm now like, oh my God, that was actually happening. And yet right. I was told that I was being ridiculous and that I was being silly. And, you know, again, it's like beaten out of us um, if, you know, metaphorically, if not physically, that, um, I, I mean, for us to embrace our children and to have them, like you said, teach us, like they're the wise ones coming in. They're the ones that have a closer connection to of coming through the portal. And, and I think that's what the so exciting thing of when I saw my husband coming back through the portal back home was how many people, like it's such a celebration when they get to the other side. And here it's kind of dark and scary when a baby comes into the room, it's like a dark hospital room and there's only two or three people there. And it's kind of like, Ooh, you know, whereas right, like right. such a celebration, you know, when my husband came back. So, um, I don't know, I guess I just feel like there's so much hope and the more that we can have our hearts open and to embrace all that is rather than knowing, like to me, anybody that knows how it is, like, I just, I can't, cause I don't know. All I know is my own right. experience, Right. but, um, I love hearing about people's different experiences and, you know, opening up to new ideas and new ways of supporting each other through love, because at the end of the day, love is all there is. I mean, that's how I feel, at least. Yeah. I think we can learn so much from indigenous cultures and in shamanism and all that now. And I think that um, a lot of that's coming back to. You know, yes. Yes. Yeah. It's an exciting time. It's all it really is. coming back. It definitely is. It's yeah. exciting to be here right, right now. Right. Well, Lisa, we need to wrap it up, but is there any, anything else you'd like to share before we, before we do? Um, the only thing I guess I'd love to share, I, I created a little method called the PALS method, P-A-L-S, and it's how people can connect with their own, um, you know, whether it's angels or passed away loved ones. Um, it's my way of, it's how I started with my channeling. So if people are interested um, and it's all based on automatic handwriting. So the P stands for prepare. So you need a notebook and a pen and find a quiet place, turn off any electronics. So that's the prepare. The A is ask. So at the top of your paper, you would write, dear angel, what would you like me to know? Or dear angels, what would you like me to know? Or if, you know, and that's, I, I kind of recommend talking with angels first. I find they're an vibrationally they're the easiest connection you know once you and then once you do that you can start working on asking your passed away loved ones if they have a message for you but i think getting a little bit of um, practice with the angels is a good way to start so pa and then l and this is the hard one is listen because people it's like discerning is that a message from my angel or is that my head you know and people get caught up in in trying to um, I think they overthink it, you know? And right, so right. to me, when you listen, it's just the first thing that comes. And generally it's so 
simple. It's like you'll hear the word peace or you'll hear the word love or you'll hear just a very simple, beautiful message. And that's how you know it's an angel, you know, that you're hearing from. If like my mom, when I taught her to do it, this is before she passed away, um, and she heard, your cancer is back. I'm like, no, mom, that's not an angel. Yeah, that's your yeah. brain trying to trick you and make you fearful. So if there's any negative message, any kind of fearful message, anything that makes you scared, because she was afraid. She was scared trying this right. because she was not sure what she was going to hear. Um, but then after she got over that and tried it again, then she started getting really wonderful messages. But, um, and then over time, like for me, I would start with a word or two, and then I would get kind of three or four word blocks and I would write them down. And then you just open again and write it down. And then you start reading and you're like, oh my gosh, I don't even remember writing this information down. And then you get more and more confident in the messages that you're receiving. And then, you know, I would end up writing journalfuls of information from them. And then the, so P-A-L-S, the S is say, thank you. Always say thank you to your guides and angels and loved ones that um, bring you messages. And so they'll, so that way they'll keep coming back. Yes. I love that. And, you know, I've, I've used that a lot in my, I, I want to do more automatic writing and, and I've used the, your pals a lot and it's, okay. um, it's a great way to just have a little direction, you know, yes. and things absolutely come through. And you're so right. You'll go back and read it later, or it won't even sound like you. It's right. Like coming from something, you know, from just speaking in a different manner than you normally would. I love, I've got chills as you're saying that. And that yeah. is for reminding me because that's what will happen is words that you don't normally use in your vocabulary come through. And right, I mean, sometimes right. I have to look up the meanings of words because I'm like, I don't even know what that means. <laughs> or it would be kind of a diet, not a dialect, but a, you know, just the terminology would be in a phrase or a turn of a phrase that's just not my normal vernacular you know right, right. and then you know you're like oh well that's not me that's something that's somebody different <laughs> exactly. you know? and the easier it becomes the more you do it because exactly more. exactly and then for me vibrationally I could start to feel like angels to me vibrationally the energy that comes through is different than passed away loved ones they're, they're more dense passed away loved ones you know right. the higher realms and then you've got the ascended masters and you know so it goes it's so exciting on on. <laughs> <It's> so <laughs> it goes on and on <laughs> Well, thank you so much. It was great to have you today. Yes, if Marla, people want to find you, how would they do that? Well, currently I have a little website up called lovefromlisajones.com. I have two free uh, audio, five minute little meditations on there with some beautiful original music. And um, so, yeah, they can go to lovefromlisajones.com or you can email me lisa at lovefromlisajones.com. Well, have a great evening and thanks so much for coming on. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening in today. If you want to learn more about the show, you can find us at interviewswithinnocence.com and on Facebook or Instagram at interviewswithinnocence. Please write me a message. Tell me what you liked and let me know what else you would like to hear. I would love to hear from you. And if you liked what you heard, please leave us an iTunes rating and review. It helps other listeners find the show. Thank you.